Inside the Honeycomb. I am your host Kelsey, aka B. I hope you are all having a great week so far and you are ready for today's episode because this week's episode is going to feature me being a little bit more of a fangirl than I have been in past episodes. Although I did get pretty hyped up last week when we were talking about books, but like that's books, so it's understandable. Anyway, we're going to be talking about the long-awaited Pretty Little Liars spin-off, Pretty Little Liars The Perfectionist. Now, Pretty Little Liars The Perfectionist is a new TV series based loosely on Sarah Shepard's book The Perfectionist. And when I say that it is loosely based, I mean it is very, very loosely based. The book takes place at Beacon Heights High School, and it has a completely different cast of characters from Shepard's other book series, Pretty Little Liars. The TV show, however, is set at Beacon Heights University and features our favorite broken-down mean girl, Allison De Laurentiis, and part-time crazy person, full-time fashion icon, Mona Vanderwall. It also introduces us to new characters who already have their own tangled pasts, and I'm not going to go into all of their backstories because... If you're listening to this, chances are you've probably already watched the first two episodes, and if you haven't, but you were a fan of the original Pretty Little Liars series, let me just say, go watch them, and then come back and finish this podcast, because one, it is worth it, and two, there are spoilers ahead. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk drama. First, I want to talk about Allison. Second, we're going to talk about the Rosewood Connections and Third, we're going to talk about who Nolan's killer might be. So, Allison. I have such a love-hate relationship with her. In the first few seasons of Pretty Little Liars, she is portrayed as the villain, obviously. You know, she was mean, she made fun of people, she manipulated her friends, and lied to pretty much everyone she knew. She also had gorgeous blonde hair, which is a trademark of high school queen bees since the beginning of time in television. But... I loved her anyway. She was so scared, but she chose to be strong. And when she started getting threatened, she did what she had to do to keep herself and her friends safe. But after she returned to Rosewood, she was different. Sure, running for your life and being tortured by a faceless embodiment of evil for years can change a person. But still, I wanted them to keep Allison Allison. She was a bit more timid and reserved. And don't even get me started on how they dressed her and did her makeup in the last season. In real life, Sasha Petirse, who plays Allison, was struggling with PCOS, and so she gained some weight. You know, she didn't look like she did when she was 13 and just starting the show, but the costume designers did her dirty, and I have never gotten over it. And this only got worse after the five-year jump. I get that they were trying to show that this experience made an impact on her, and she was trying to be a better person by nobly becoming a teacher, and... Uh, creating an impact on young people to keep them from repeating the cycle of bullying that she took the lead on when she was in high school, but the disrespect that she got in that classroom was not okay, and neither were her clothes. Anyway, in the first episode, it seemed like she was going to continue on in this direction, and when Mona and Claire Hodgkiss separately called her out for this, I lived for it. You know, we first saw her slip back into her real self when Mona was trying to figure out who the killer might be based on her admissions algorithm, 
And she was in such a trance that she couldn't snap out of it to understand the impact of what Allison was saying about how she might be getting framed. Allie slept and successfully broke her out of it for a few minutes, which was all she needed to tell Allison that she was being a wimp and remind her that her true self is powerful. She plays by her own rules, and that's part of what made her the person we love to hate. So many of us don't do that. We, we just follow what is socially acceptable and expected of us. We stay in line, do our best not to stand out or be an inconvenience to others because the nail that sticks out is the one that gets hammered down. That's why I have such strong feelings about, you know, quote unquote, the real Allison. I admire her because she knows how to get what she wants, but I'm contemptuous because she's bold in ways I could only ever imagine being. Anyway... Later in the episode, Allison comes home to find Claire drinking in the dark in her living room. We need to talk about how Kelly Rutherford is a living goddess at a later date. But they get to talking, and Allie asks if there's anything that she can do for her. And the grieving mom responds with, Don't waste your time here pretending to be something you're not. If you really did come here to help our students, you need to be yourself. You are a survivor, Allison, at all costs, and that is what you need to teach them. The next day, Agent Booker interrupts Allison's class to question uh, the other characters, you know, Ava, Caitlin, and Dylan, and Allison follows them out to intervene and give them an alibi, one that we all know is a lie. When this happened, I was so thrilled. This is the Allison that I came for. I can't wait to see her go back to some of her old ways, but this time around, use her cunning and fearlessness for some chaotic good. Now, for the Rosewood Connections. This is going to be brief, but near the end of the episode, Mona gives Hannah a call, and she never says that it's, you know, she never says Hannah's name, but based on the context, that's who I'm assuming it is, and they catch up. And I think she does this to keep herself grounded in reality, because her brain is powerful but fragile, as we see over and over again. So taking some time away from her research to call a friend is a really pragmatic tactic to keep from slipping into that place. And it gives the audience a glimpse into some of what the OG liars are doing. Anyway, I just want to say this. Let us see Hannah's baby. I don't care that Spencer and Toby eloped. I don't think they should be together in the first place because Toby deserves better. But Hannah and Caleb are one of my favorite couples. They are one of the only couples that I was happy for when they got back together. And you just know that that baby has to be the cutest thing on the planet because seriously... It is not fair for his or her parents to be so good-looking, but it is what it is. <laughs> the real Rosewood flashback I got was from Agent Booker, though. When she showed up at Nolan's funeral, she gave me strong Linda Tanner vibes. Curly hair, bossy pantsuit, the way she's introduced as a character that you just know is going to stir up trouble, and I kind of ended up liking it. I liked Lieutenant Tanner, so I hope they give us something to like about Agent Booker as well, because so far, she's been pretty icy. And finally, the real issue that we should be focusing on, despite all the other rabbit trails we want to go down, who killed Nolan Hotchkiss? Obviously, there's something spooky about Caitlin. You know, she hated Nolan and thought that murder could be justified based on her essay. She threw out the idea of throwing Nolan off the roof onto the spikes below when she, Ava, and Dylan were talking about how they might like to see him go. But most importantly, she tried to give Ava and Dylan a false memory. When the three of them are talking in Ava's room before the funeral, she tries to remind them that none of them could have committed the murder because 
Hearing the sirens when they were out in the woods is what caused them to break up their little murder-plotting fantasy, you know, meetup. But it wasn't. They heard a branch crack, and that's why they left. So I think this is supposed to be setting her up to look like the killer, but I just don't see it. Obviously, she went out and did something shady that night, but I don't see her as the one who pushed him. Um, he wouldn't have asked her to meet him on the roof to help with whatever he and his supposed-to-be-dead sister are working on, and I doubt she would have been in the right place at the right time to see him go up to the roof. So I'm ruling her out. As for who I actually think did do it, though, I know we're only two episodes in, but I get bad vibes from Nolan's mom. I don't think she was physically the one who did it, but we can already tell she's using the beacon guard technology for some unsavory purposes, and that's part of what Taylor and Nolan are concerned about. So whether she was directly involved in the murder or not, I definitely think it was someone connected to her. And that's the only theory that I have for now, but I'm sure as the show goes on, it'll make us feel like Pretty Little Liars did for literally the entire series, which was as if anyone and everyone should be regarded as a suspect. So, what did you guys think of the first two episodes, and do you have any gut feelings on who the mur murderer may be? Who Nolan and Taylor were asking for help, or who Mona might be working with and why? I want to know, let me know. Um, either on Instagram or Twitter so we can, you know, figure it out together. I'm on there at ITH Podcasts for both. I do use Instagram more, but I'm also, I check Twitter all the time. I barely tweet, but if you tweet me about this, I will definitely, <laughs> I'll definitely respond to that. Now, something that I also wanted to look into a little bit was reading uh, some of the books that were mentioned in the first two episodes. As I talked about last week, I want to start doing like a reading roundup at the end of the month, just discussing all the books that I have read um, so far in the month. And there are two that I want to look into, uh, first of all, and then there were none by Agatha Christie, which I, I bet, I 1000% bet that this is from Pretty Little Liars, The Perfectionist. I went to see if I could rent it. And it was completely booked up for, like, the next 20 weeks. So, put a hold on it. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it, uh, you know, people read it really quick. Hopefully it is that good of a, of a book. You know, Allison said she's one of our favorite writers. So, hopefully that gets, you know, through people's hands quicker and into mine so we can talk about it soon. And I also wanted to read uh, Lisa Rogak's Death Warmed Over. That's the book that Caitlin was talking about when she said that funerals and food go together perfectly. I think that one looks super interesting, so I'm going to try and find that one as well. And finally, I also want to read The Perfectionist. It is completely booked up as well, so hopefully... Same with, and then there were none, people read it quickly, and I will be able to get my hands on it, so that way we can talk about that as well. Um, one of my favorite things is seeing the differences between the actual books and what happens in the series, so um, I'll be really interested to see how that goes, but I am so excited that they rebooted, not rebooted, but that they did a spinoff of Pretty Little Liars. It was one of my absolute favorite shows in high school and going into college, so like this, I don't know, it feels like a more grown up version of that because looking back now, I'm in my 20s and like seeing 
sophomores in high school do the things that these girls were doing. I was like, oh, excuse you. You know, you look at it differently. And so I think it's cool to see people who are kind of in the same stage of life as you on TV doing really interesting things and living in a world that most of us don't live in. You know, it's an escape from reality, and I think it's really cool. So I am super glad that they did this spinoff, and I cannot wait to see where they take it and what happens next. There is a new episode out tomorrow, so I am so excited. Um, if you're going to watch that, let me know. Again, ITH Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. Let me know if you're watching it. Let me know what you think, and let me know what you think of the series as a whole so far. That is all that I have for today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, you could be anywhere doing anything, listening to anything, doing literally whatever you want with your time and you chose to be here. So thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you guys again next week. And don't forget to let me know your thoughts on this whole entire thing or anything else you want me to talk about at ITH Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. Hope you guys have a great week. Thanks again so much for listening. And remember to go out there and be the voice of reason in a world full of crazies. Bye.